Hello and welcome to a special edition of the IDC Tech Talk podcast to celebrate International Women's Day. I am your host, Miles Dawson, and we've got a brilliant panel of speakers for you this year. We have Margaret Adam. Hi there. Angela Samaron. Hi, good afternoon. Ornella Urso. Hi, everyone. And from a different perspective, we also have Giorgio Nebulani. Hi, Giorgio. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. So um, I wanted to start off by, um, I think I'll start with you, Margaret, if you don't mind, only because we're in the same room, it means it's a little bit more convenient. Um, what inspired you to join the tech industry? Well, I think it was opportunity, really. Um, in fact, I didn't really want to join the tech industry. Both my parents worked for IBM, and like all teenagers, I didn't think they were particularly cool. Um, so I had no desire to join the tech industry. But um, during my degree, I got a couple of internships, work experience at IBM, at Acer, at a PR company that worked with all the tech companies. Um, and so it seemed that my pathway was pretty determined. Um, and so um, after that, I've, I've pretty much remained in tech. So I think it was opportunities, growth, and just being somewhere in the right place at the right time. Absolutely. Angela, how about you? Um, similar to Margaret, actually. So I have a background in, in economics and social science, but uh, both at home. My dad and my brother um, are engineers. So same as Margaret, I think when the opportunity came, I didn't hesitate. No, moving into IT just felt familiar, felt natural, and uh, I don't regret it. Fantastic. Did you start as a developer or in projects, or where, where did you start? I don't know, analyst in, in IT. I started in hardware, and then I moved into, into other areas. Fantastic. Thanks, Angela. And um, Ornella, how about you? Well, my family background is uh, is different from uh, from mine, but as being part of the uh, millennials generation, uh, well, technologies is part of my um, everyday life. So, um, based on the fact that actually um, tech permeates every single aspect of uh, of these, uh, um, I was. I've been stimulated by the curiosity to enter and to know more on this dynamic uh, dynamic world. That's why and that's uh, how I arrived at uh, at IDC. Then uh, working for at retail insight in particular, yeah, you can really uh, touch just walking around the city and see your storefront uh, uh, how technology is really is part of our day life. Georgia, how about you? Yeah, I mean, the parents. The parents were um, uh, are both from uh, chemical chemical background, chemical anal analysts. So that was got nothing to do with IT. I decided to uh, to study philosophy. That's what I studied, effectively, if you can believe it. And then I got um, in, uh, to technology via journalism as as a midway midway point. Um, and in fact, the the person that introduced me to IT in a way was my editor in chief. Uh, was a lady in an IT journal in, in Milan. So that was my my first touch point with IT. And after that, an analyst, uh, of course. Okay, so for my next question, I want to do something a little bit different. And I wanted to see if it was possible to explain why it's important to have uh, women in the tech industry choosing only two words. Um, my two words will be um, diversity and, and inclusion. Uh, for the simple reason that when you think about you no know, artificial intelligence, when you think about you no know, the, the way technology is evolving, actually technology is 
is not objective. It's, it's a kind of, of quality, if, if, if I could probably not define it like that. So I think it's important that women are part of the evolution of technology because if you have not the right balance of point of views, uh, the right balance of intelligence, knowing the way we, we program machines, I think you will cater, I think, a, a more diversity of products and services um, in, in the near future. Yeah, and I would, I would add on to what uh, Angela was saying and towards our humanization of IT. And um, the, the reason why, uh, why I bring that up is that um, when we look at the future trends that we start to to, uh, to, to scope out on the horizon, effectively, um, we've done this exercise recently, out of 100 potential trends for the longer term in IT, uh, less than a third were technology pure. And, and the rest was really had to do with society, had to do with uh, the environment, had to do with ethics, with the, the way that we work within our business environment. And, and if we don't represent, uh, to, the, to the point that, that Andrew was making, if we don't represent women, but also other groups correctly, uh, we will not uh, do a good service to the end users of technology longer term. So that's, uh, that's crucial. That's crucial to get, to get it right. Um, so my two words, um, representation and balance. Um, I think tech is embedded across every industry every sector is becoming part of our lives as both consumers and professionals um, and i think that as a tech industry we need to be representative not just of women we need to be representative of all aspects of society in order to produce and embed the capabilities that we engage with on a daily basis so i think that having a representative tech sector is really important and balance is more about um, creating a diversity of views and a platform for all voices. I think if you're very dominant in one type of culture or, or mindset, so it, it doesn't give you a full perspective of the world. And I think decision making requires balance and it requires balanced views. And for that, we need diversity. My two words are um, like Angela's diversity, because, uh, well, women as part of uh, uh, different uh, uh, categorizations of humankind can really make the difference and uh, they can bring new and different point of view and by providing a different perspective they can actually have the natural capacity to adapt to change to being flexible managing multiple things at the same time that are part of the characteristics that um, we identifying also talking about technology and the second word is uh, the reciprocity of the relationship that exists between men and women. It may sound for, something that should be taken for granted, but tech has not been done for men only. And uh, that's why we cannot think about technologies talking about just a black and white and white word, but actually men can, can really inspire women and women can complete each other. Definitely, I think that's a, an excellent point. I mean, if if I had to pick one word rather than two, I would I would say uh, I would say skills. And the reason there is because I work in sales, I'm an account manager, and without question, the the two best salespeople I've ever worked with in my career, which is just over ten years, um, they've both been women. 
And I've learned so, I think I've actually learned more from those two people than I have from any man I've ever worked with because their, their skill set was very different than the way I was taught. And that meant that I have improved and I've got much better at my job as a result of working with those two very inspiring women. So skills would be my addition to that. But then um, I wanted to change the tact a little bit and ask what you think can be done to encourage more women to join and take leadership roles in the technology industry? And that's a tough question, but, um, you know, blue sky thinking, what do you think could be done to encourage that? Um, well, I think there's multiple elements to this. I think we need to recruit more women in as a start, um, but we also need to do a better job as an industry of communicating that you don't necessarily need a computer science degree or even a STEM degree to have a career in tech. Um, there's a multitude of roles, m many of which are commercially not, not technically oriented, right? And, and I think the emphasis on STEM, whilst important, sometimes means that for youngsters, they don't see opportunities of career growth if they are not necessarily STEM. Um, we need to do a better job of making job specs look appealing, um, using things like, or tools like Text.io to balance out job adverts and make them appealing to a, a broader audience. Um, but finally, and I think importantly, is we need to do more to encourage women to stay in tech, right? Um, this can be through mentorship, through back-to-work programs, um, flexible working. Um, and I think, you know, all of that matters. I think it's also really important if you are a company recruiting in, um, that the image you present is, is important. It's subtle stuff, right? It can be the way your website is structured. Does it present diversity? When you do presentations, do you have a representative panel? Do you have representative speakers? Are you showcasing um, women that work for your organization in a way that young girls might find appealing? So I think there's, there's multiple strands to this, um, but, but those would be my kind of initial thoughts. Well, first of all, um, highlighting the importance of uh, in what technology means for us. As uh, as I said, the technology shows us that everything matters, every single aspect, information, idea we share can really help improving technologies and in turn is able to effectively respond to expectations and our needs. So based on this fascinating aspect of, uh, of technology, uh, the rule of the, of the woman to technology really matter. And women are encouraged to join the tech industry in order to bring their knowledge, experience, and mindset. This is, of course, valid uh, not only to enter the tech industry, but also to um, have role and leadership roles so to represent women, let their voice count, as well as further improve and progress, sharing different perspectives, identifying new challenges, and collaborate with men. So something has happened, obviously, you know, in the last uh, 20, 30 years, you now with the evolution of, of IT. Think about the stereotype of the IT geek, right? It's, it's a guy, it's a man. It wasn't the case, I think, in the past. Um, just, just doing you know, some research, I found that um, in the Second World War, for instance, uh, you know, they got breakers that, um, you know, in, in the UK that decrypted you know, enemy messages. Apparently, there were 10,000 of them in the UK. Half of them were women. So I think we need to change those stereotypes. We need more role models. And as Margaret said, I mean, the role model doesn't need to be a person with a, with, um, no, with a PhD. Um, it could be your mom. It could be your teacher. I think we need more role models. Um, the second thing, and I'm probably 
some people might disagree, companies need to be very explicit that they want to recruit women in IT. In actual fact, I think it was before Christmas, uh, the GCHQ uh, is the um, um, intelligence service in, in the UK, they are recruiting women in cybersecurity. In actual fact, they are offering training to 600 women to become um, experts in uh, first-line uh, first defense in cybersecurity. Um, so this is just, just one. I mean, there are, as I said, many, many initiatives. I think legislation can do a bit as well you know, about resolving the inequalities in, in pay, which obviously affects across all, all industries. Um, it could also give more work-life balance to women. As I said, there are many initiatives, but the one I just listed probably are the ones that come to my mind right now. I think we need to face the, the bias that we have, both implicit and explicit bias. And whether it's 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 guys or, or, or ladies, we, we all have our biases. An example I, I can give you is that uh, there was an initiative that um, I was uh, I was working on, and I was reaching out for this initiative uh, to other IDCers within uh, within the region. They were mostly analysts. This, this happened last year, and the idea was to work on a thought leadership uh, project together across multiple teams. And, and now I, I don't have the exact numbers, no, the, our HR team does, but, but my feel is that in the analyst space within IDC, we're roughly equally represented. So roughly half, half uh, ladies and, and, and boys. Right? However, when, and I, I was looking to, to I guess, to, to get around 10 to 12 people on board for that, for that initiative. Uh, and then I looked at the number, uh, names I had at, at some point and I realized I only had two uh, ladies uh, out of 12. And, and, and then, because I had been brainwashed, positively brainwashed by this discussion around equality, then I, I caught myself and I was like, okay, why do I only have two uh, names? There should be around five or six names. And at that point, then I, 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 I tried to understand why that was the case. And it was a mix of seniority, but also, there also sometimes there was no reason for that. Why, 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 why was that the case? And then I, I caught myself and then I actually went back and, and thought about this differently um, to offer the opportunity. I think you need to offer the opportunity, um, to a balanced opportunity uh, to grow, but also you, you can't force people. I think you, you know, people make their choices um, eventually, but you need to offer the opportunity, offer equality uh, in pay and in opportunity, which is even more important, I think. Something that Georgia said, and I think, thank you, Georgia, for sharing that. I mean, I think unconscious bias is something we all have, right? Um, but it's that awareness, and I think critically, what inspires me from what you said is the response to that. So it's it's awareness, but also reacting, responding, and and that's how you affect real change across across society. I think so. I think, you know, being aware of your natural biases, questioning yourself and responding to that is, is, is exactly what each individual can do to, to, to change the way the industry is structured. Uh, definitely. And that, and that builds well into my next question, which is what you've, what you've very well laid out for me here is um, your ideas about what can encourage more women to join and take leadership roles in the tech industry. My next question is what is the market actually doing? What examples have you seen um, of innovative practices to encourage more women in technology? Yeah, so um, 
there is a great um, initiative called uh, Tech Moms. Um, I don't know if you know Sue Black. Um, she is she's a role model, actually. Um, a woman that in her mid-20s, she became a single mother with three kids, no university degree. And by the age of 50, she had a PhD in computing uh, science. Uh, she's a remarkable woman and an advocate as well for, for women in IT. So Tech Moms is a social um, initiative in which um, they empower uh, women, mothers, to embrace IT. Uh, they run online courses um, uh, on their website, but also they run a number of workshops across the UK. And in the workshops, you can see you know, mothers coming with no knowledge at all about IT. And then by the end of the session, they just become more confident. They become happier. Uh, they also run workshops in schools. And I think this is where probably you know, uh, they have the most impact because mothers with children, they learn IT together. So it's not great that you know, a little child is seeing her mom you know, getting really um, no, really up to speed with, with IT skills. And again, it's, it's having that role model at home. It's your mother. I think it's great. Yeah, uh, well, my idea is more um, looking at the generic thought because um, this is a, actually a dimension that uh, directly and indirectly uh, interest and affect inevitably different practices that are related to, um, to the tech industry. At the top of this, uh, I think that also the, um, the idea of, uh, of the future work per se cannot leave out the rule of, uh, of women in, uh, in tech. The way they can uh, improve a company's success and the way they can be um, an inspiration within the organization to take some inspirations from. And um, working in, um, in the retail side, uh, uh, indirectly what we see is that uh, talking about uh, the combination between technologies and uh, customer experience, th thinking about, for example, um, customer services and, and service, one of the key pillars is to know the customer to better the best way to better know him or her is to be that person on the other side. And uh, representation in this case really matter because otherwise there are some issues, some specific problems and some specific aspects that cannot be easily understood. Yeah, I mean, I think um, as, as everyone else has said, it's multidimensional. I think flexible working, back to work schemes, um, girls who code, developer, those kind of programs are all really important. Um, but one that stands out for me is, is Microsoft in the UK specifically. Um, they've really taken a very multi-dimensional approach um, and, and, and a lot of it is interesting. So it looks from digital skills, from the elements of discovery, which is about how to equip the community, parents, teachers, students to help students from a very young age develop um, an interest in digital skills up to apply, which looks at apprenticeships, internships, and, and so on for students and employers and gives guidance for those young people as they look into the tech industry. Um, they've got an improve element, which looks at business and IT professionals and exceed. Um, they have, as a sign to this, a whole program around ethical AI. They have a whole program around diversity and inclusion, and that ties in to digital skills and ethical AI. Um, and they are part of the Tech Talent Charter um, and a, a strong 
proponents of that, um, which really is a, a charter that tech companies sign up for, where they commit to adopt inclusive recruitment processes, they, they commit to having um, employment policies and practices that support the development of, of a diverse and inclusive workforce. Um, they share ideas, they share best practice, and they have senior level representation. Um, and this is, has really been embedded across the government. So, you know, it's, it's really got some real credibility behind it. But finally, and personally for me, who's an analyst that looks after channels and alliances, what Microsoft UK have also done is they've created a partner pledge where they've asked their partners to commit and sign a pledge which commits on those critical goals, digital skills, apprenticeships, diversity and responsible and ethical AI. Um, and through that pledge, are hopefully taking some of the ethics and, and values that Microsoft has and expanding that into its ecosystem and its partners, which which is pretty innovative, and I think I think it deserves um, being called out. No, I, I think it's that's very it is it's fascinating. To, to all, all these inputs are fascinating. They do point to the fact that you know it's with uh, IT being humanized, um, you, you need to act um, in, in a I guess in a humanized way, right? In the way you deal with. Uh, with your partners, with your suppliers, but also with your own talent uh, and workforce. So I think that that's that's crucial. Then maybe the additional point I would have is the um, is the fact that measuring is is the first step. Uh, but there are examples already, recent examples uh, in the press as well. That was Google um, that um, you, you measure, but also you need to be honest about what you measure and what comes out. And uh, it's not this, uh, measuring is not uh, is not the end the end goal. is uh, uh, kind of a way to get to the end goal, which is uh, equality for for everyone. And so I think that's uh, that's quite quite an important lesson. And I don't think um, any company, even the most advanced ones, um, have, have gotten to the stage yet where they are um, they have reached that nirvana of equality. I think uh, the many are striving and have good examples. But uh, but no one, no one is, is there quite yet. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Giorgio. I wanted to um, thank you all for uh, for those great thoughts and finish with a final question, which is uh, Peter tells some stories uh, about who the most inspiring woman that you know is and what it is that she does that inspires you. Yeah, I'll be short and sweet on that because I uh, studied at the high school and then at the university I read a lot about a, friend, a famous French writer and philosopher. She is uh, Simone de Beauvoir. And uh, actually, uh, there is a, um, um, a phrase and a thought that uh, that remind me how this can be applied to the tech uh, to the tech world. And she said that capabilities are clearly manifested only when they have been realized. And uh, this is something that uh, I expect to be clear and visible in the next uh, in the next years, being capable to overcome generic constraints and contrapositions and on the contrary, being able to um, enhance diversity as part of it. And at the same time, what I expect is that also men can actually I can be think an inspiration of many, for women. Um, but I will, I will probably choose one which, um, who is actually probably a bit unusual. Um, her name is, uh, maybe you know her, um, um, her name is um, Stephanie Shirley, or Dame um, Stephanie Shirley. 
um, originally from Germany. Uh, she came to the UK as a child. In, in her 20s, she set up um, a company called Freelance uh, Programmers, and, um, and that was in the 60s. And she employed, I believe, hundreds of women who were working from home. And these women were, were just um, writing code, right? They were writing code probably with pen and paper and, and posting it, right, to, to, to their clients. And I believe that um, the company was actually top-notch what they were doing. Um, some of their projects included uh, the, the black box for, for the concourse. Um, so again, big, big company. Um, she sold the company for over 100 million um, in, in the 70s. And anyway, she became a philanthropist and a, an advocate uh, for, for women in IT. And I think she's still alive, but I think she's a remarkable woman. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a very privileged position. And as an analyst, I get to meet many incredible and talented women, and I, and I count myself lucky that, and, and there are many that inspire me. But one I wanted to call out specifically is the founder of STEMETS, um, Dr. Anne-Marie Emma-Fadon. Um, she's, she's inspiring for a number of reasons. Um, she's not only did she pass her A-levels in computing at the age of 11, um, but um, I'm sure no shortage of job offers, but she's gone on to really build incredible programs and initiatives to encourage more diversity in the tech sector, and that, that is truly diversity. Um, so she's done a lot, she continues to influence a lot, and I think she's a great advocate for diversity and, and an amazing woman. Yeah, it's also also tough, also tough to to to, to pick one. I think the one I um, I've seen recently, uh, one of the news that uh, they're quite inspiring, I, I find, is uh, is an Italian lady called Federica Mogherini. So some of you might might have heard of her. She's effectively the foreign minister for the European Union. Um, if if uh, the, the closest that that the European Union has to foreign uh, prime foreign minister, and effectively. Well, she, the way I think she's inspiring is that she has to deal with um, uh, with politics in the first place, which is already a tough a tough job. On top of it, this is international politics, um, and and on top of it, I, I think what she does very well is that she she manages to remain uh, you know feminine and remain remain a woman. But, but also at the same time um, uh, play hard when, when um, and, and kind of play hardball as well when necessary. Thank you all so much for sharing those thoughts. Um, I'm afraid that is all the time we've got for today. So I want to thank everybody. I want to thank Margaret and Angela and Giorgio and Ornella. Thank you all so much for um, coming on the podcast with me today. Um, thank you all as well for listening. And please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can follow us on SoundCloud, your favourite podcast app. Don't forget to get in touch with us. You can find us on LinkedIn, you can find us on Twitter and on YouTube. And you'll find us there under IDC Emir. And please do follow us and get in touch because we are going to be releasing plenty more content around International Women's Day in the coming days. Thank you all very much and see you next time. Thanks, Miles. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.